Welcome back to Making It Awkward. I'm your host, Jessica Wilson. Today, you'll hear updates on the ultra-processed food I've been eating and some things that I'm starting to think about. And soon, you'll be introduced to Lexi Brown, one of my nearest and dearest. A lot of her story is a through line in my book, It's Always Been Ours, and you can find more about her within those pages. As of this recording, September 6th, I've eaten at least 80% of my calories from ultra-processed food for six days. If that's a new phrase for you, no need to worry. Last week's episode gave a rundown of the term. And now overall, I'm just fine, like most other days of my life, except food takes less time to prepare. Two nights ago, my spouse and I were working on projects, and all of a sudden we noticed that we were overly hungry with no plans for dinner. Typically, at these points, we start to get hangry and grab something easy like cereal. But this time, I had a vegan enchilada casserole from Costco that we could share. No one was stressed out about dinner, which is rare. This week, I also used a large container of Suki's curry chicken, and it was a week's worth of meal prep after I made rice. It was great. I've been sitting with the connections to class and food shame. In the last episode, Amy talked about the types of chocolate we buy and from where. And there's not the same shame applied to those who get it at a local bakery, as opposed to those grabbing a candy bar from the store. The same applies to the mocktail. It's a fancy artisanal soda. Sugar, flavor, carbonated water, maybe a garnish or two. But as soon as you're not at a trendy restaurant and order a soda, we're supposed to feel guilty. Lexi recommended that I visit upscale grocery stores and ask people if shoppers could identify which high-end and expensive items were ultra-processed in their grocery carts. It's a good idea. I'll think about it. Today, I talk with Lexi, currently a fifth-year veterinary student studying at the Royal Veterinary College in London. We talk about how neurodivergence shows up for both of us and how Lexi remembers to eat meals. She also talks about her all-or-nothing experiences with food and how that shows up when she's eating sweet foods especially. She then introduces me to girl dinner, and I was surprised that I didn't entirely disagree with the concept. Lexi Brown completed her first degree in animal science at UC Davis, where she was a Division I college athlete, where she also made it awkward. She has been featured on Fox 40, ESPNW, the gymnastics podcast, and more, discussing the racism faced during her peaceful protest of police brutality during her college gymnastics career. Lexi has also been featured on an episode of My Black Body podcast, sharing the ways in which her eating disorder was a survival strategy during that time. In her free time, she enjoys traveling and cuddling with her fluffy, opinionated cat. Lexi, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lexi, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Um, I was a gymnast from like three years old, and then I ended up going to UC Davis for gymnastics, um, where I met uh, Jessica's spouse, Alicia, um, and I was going through a really tough time with gymnastics. Um, especially in terms of just like Black Lives Matter protests and just, yeah, a lot of, um, like racism, I guess, that I was facing. So Alicia, um, introduced me then to Jessica, um, to try to get more support. And Jessica was relentless in her efforts to support me, regardless of how much I tried to push her away. <laughs> um, I was so mean, or rather just like not into it at all. Because <laughs> like, no, I don't want any support. Like I do, I did want support. I was just like, I don't know you, I'm not comfortable. Like I'm shy and I, yeah. Eventually you broke me down. And <laughs> from there... It's just been like the best um, growing experience and um, like continuing to get closer, I think, especially when you let me live with you for like a year during COVID. So. Yeah, let's talk about that and how <laughs> wonderful it was that you, me and Alicia didn't ever kill each other. And somehow <laughs> we were still sad that you left, which I don't think would have happened with anyone else at all. 
I wouldn't have lasted that long in my parents' house. No way. <laughs> no way. No way. And this is a tiny house. We're talking like 900 yeah. or 1,000 square feet house. And we managed. Three, yeah. three people and two dogs in a tiny house. <laughs> that is, it's a feat, I'd have to say. Yes. And not just two dogs, two dogs with very big personalities. Two very anxious, very loud, opinionated dogs. <laughs> they were super sweet and just wanted to love so you. So cute. They're very cute. Just wanted to love you. <laughs> well, what's one thing that was okay or good and one thing that was terrible living with us? Let's see. I think that having a like a safe place, I think, because... Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's many different things I think I can list, but just, like, having a place where I feel comfortable enough to be me with the ups and the downs, not having to just, like, put on a mask for anyone and just be like, I had a really bad day and I want to talk about it or I don't want to talk about it. And knowing that we, like, will always, like, love each other even if we don't, like, like if I'm having a really bad day that day, like sometimes I just don't want to talk at all. And knowing that you'll get that and you're not going to like take it personally and you're going to love me anyway, I think is the only way that I got through. I think, I mean, obviously the world is like going through something and it's like just the tensions were high at all times because the world was kind of just crumbling around us. And like, if, if I had to then like also be like super conscious about like, Mm -hmm tiptoeing around and doing all these things and I think that would have just been like the breaking point for me so I think that was exactly what I needed (laughs) is to feel just comfortable in all the ways in with you guys you know that's amazing you haven't said that before that was lovely thanks I know (laughs) what was something that was terrible I don't really know honestly because like There's, like, things with every, like, I could say a million things about, like, where I live now or, like, where I, like, lived before that and stuff like that. Because it's, like, I don't know. Like, nowhere's perfect. And more than anything, it's just, like, the external things happening is more so, like, the issues that I I have. Like, Mm -hmm. not being able to, like, see your friends in a pandemic and just going to work and having to wear, like, a suction cup to your face at all times. Like, (laughs) very valid, but it's just, like, it's a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, it's it's tough, yeah. Because I'm, like, okay, I always make fun of you guys for how crazy your dogs are but also I can't imagine your house being quiet like the chaos is like what we need like the lovable ridiculous antics of the dogs I think is like exactly what we needed you know I do it's a good diffuser and somebody someone was always like had big feelings about us walking through the door (laughs) You know, yeah. the rest of us may not have been excited, but you know what? <laughs> Someone was. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. imagine if you just didn't have like any dogs. Like, I can't even. There's no way that that like will ever happen. But I just don't like I can't imagine just like no animals in your house. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me, you know? Yeah. Or just like a sleepy yellow lab that just like never moves. It'd be like. Why? <laughs> Why oh, they're have? so cute, though. They are so cute, but just <laughs> not neurotic enough to fit with our personalities. We just wouldn't understand why it didn't have big emotions. <laughs> yes. I was trying to, I was like, what was terrible about living with Lexi? And I think it was just all of the places that we would find your hair. <laughs> while you were there and after it's like where where does this come from I don't understand. I don't know like <laughs> I <laughs> I sometimes think that too like looking at my floor right now I'm like I vacuumed like yeah. a few days ago honestly mm-hmm. but like you know you're supposed to brush your hair x amount of times before you put oil treatment in it and all these things to stimulate your scalp and to grow thicker hair so says tiktok so <laughs> we gotta live with it yeah. we gotta live with the fallout the literal 
Oh, well. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think <laughs> it was super great seeing you for that almost year because you're still in those like growth um, stages and like becoming <laughs> adultifying yourself and <laughs> such and getting to see that in real time was amazing. But also like, I, be- I think we became like closer friends in that time too, in that concentrated like environment with right. Everybody was going through their ups and downs like all the time. And I de- yeah. that was something that I totally missed, like having someone you know, either at the end of the day or the next day, if you were working till never o'clock, um, <laughs> just being able to be like, okay, this thing happened. Um, and having somebody there who understands that was super great. And then now I like, I'm so grateful to get to talk to you and like you sharing that you always have my back, like, and they're supportive and are telling me what to do. Um, in order to protect myself and keep my sanity is really the best. I, yeah, never expected. Uh, I never expected to hear from you once you went away to vet school, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah. Alicia and I. Absolutely not. We, we thought we'd see you in five years is really. What? You are uh, the no. best I mean- at keeping in touch. You are correct. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely think that you're right in the pandemic, like really solidified that like you're my people, you know? That's the best. Tell us about your TikTok and not only hair and skin talk, but the stuff for you also look at. There's just so much content out there, but a lot of it is like super informative about different like neurodivergent um conditions i don't really know like when the exact like like moment i guess or what the trigger was for me to think like maybe my brain works a little bit differently but i think that my like one of my classmates and uh, one of my closest friends maureen really like made me think more critically about how maybe it like takes me longer to do things and takes an extraordinary amount of effort to do certain things and just kind of like being a little bit more aware of that I was like okay well that's fine like you know he was like you have ADHD but obviously I don't like (laughs) you know like I've gotten this far so like I'm fine obviously um so yeah and then I was like oh okay like doing a little bit more research I was like hmm a lot of these things seem to fit but I was like, you can still be like neurotypical and have certain signs of being neurodivergent. So that's fine. Right. And then I think when I dove into TikToks a little bit more about people, like especially women who are being diagnosed quite late or, um, like never being, you know, tested as child because, you know, you're like the middle of your class or like even, you know, high performing in other ways and you, kind of like slip under the radar for a long time, um, especially just because we just don't have the same symptoms as you would see in like a little boy, like having that like massive amounts of hyperactivity. And I was like, wait, now that I actually think about it, I was extremely hyperactive as a kid. Even if I thought that I wasn't, like putting a five-year-old in 24 hours of gymnastics (laughs) a week, I think kind of counts as hyperactive. (laughs) Like... I was just kind of tired in school, but I was, and I was spacing like, you know, daydreaming out the window and like just in my own little world for like, you know, most of my life. Didn't realize that no one else was like that, but <laughs> you know, so I was like, eh, it's fine though, because like I'm in my second degree. I must, it must be fine. Must be fine enough, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But yeah, I definitely think that the catalyst was my friend Maureen's diagnosis and her like educating me more on different ways to cope, um, you know, with everyday life, like different little tricks and tips that she gives me to just get normal things done, like eating food at a normal time hmm. with a normal amount. What's or like tip? I really don't know. To set literal timers on my phone so that it has, to, it goes off and it goes off multiple times to be like okay 
you need to start thinking about making your food. You need to be eating your food now. Did you eat your food? And then like an hour after that, like, do you feel lightheaded because you didn't eat your food? Like things like that. Because otherwise I will literally go the entire day and be like, why am I so lightheaded and so tired? I'm like, oh, I haven't eaten a single thing. I have not drinking a sip of water. I have not like urinated the entire day. I was like, yeah. this is, this is not good. <laughs> Cause like that can definitely happen when I'm at home still. If I'm like dilly dallying around or hyper focused on something, but especially at work, if things are going on and I feel like I have tasks that need to be done and I'm overwhelmed with the amount of like, things people speaking and running around and things that are like you know animals that are dying i'm like i have no bodily functions i'm fine i don't need to eat i don't need to sleep i don't need to drink any water mm-hmm. and then i walk out the door and i'm like whoa i feel dizzy like this is i am not okay mm-hmm. you know yeah <laughs> so it's not a foolproof plan but it helps decrease the amount of days that i'm like not doing well yeah um, so you went and got formally assessed. Yes. First, I was trying to get assessed by the NHS and, um, love, you know, love free healthcare. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Unfortunately, they are inundated with the amount of people that they need to assess. So the wait list was two years. So they do like a little initial assessment with a nurse and the little initial assessment took, it took about a month to get that, like, that first one. And the results said that I most likely have autism and not ADHD. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> that's a curveball. <laughs> uh, may- <laughs> I was like, I'm not saying you're wrong, but maybe I have both. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So then (laughs) I was like, let me get a private doctor basically because I can't wait these two years. Like I might not graduate (laughs) if we just kind of continue on the way that we're going. So I got formally diagnosed with a private doctor for ADHD. And he did say also that I exhibit signs and symptoms, I guess, of autism. But I actually told him to leave that out of the diagnosis formally just because there's a lot of like weird restrictive things I guess that come with a formal diagnosis for autism um, especially like in the medical field um, or I guess in veterinary medicine I can't really speak on the human medicine parts of it but I didn't want it to be in my file because I'm like I don't want people like there's a lot of assumptions I think about people living with autism living with autism and um, people knowing that that is a spectrum and everything, they, they know it, but then I think there's a lot of just like prejudice and Mm -hmm. discrimination against people. So I decided to eliminate that factor until I could actually feel comfortable, you know, speaking to people on that. I'm like, I got enough things going for me already. I'm like, (laughs) I'm black and a woman in a very white male world i'm like let me just (laughs) let me just keep that to myself and Mm -hmm. i will say it when it needs to be said you know yeah so there's that part so then i got medication for adhd through the private doctor not really thinking that that was gonna like make much of a difference but wowzas life is different i do not know this story Yeah, I like had a moment to reflect actually, because I was like, when I finished titrating and everything, and I got transferred back to the NHS, so I don't have to pay a million dollars for medication or whatever through the private doctor. The NHS doctor was like, okay, like, overall, how do you think medication is benefiting you? Like, what have you noticed? Like, do you think this is really like a good thing for you? Or do you want to start like switching things up? Or, you know, how are you doing? I was like, oh, I didn't really think about that. Um, <laughs> cause it's a long process to titrate. Like I started in March or April or something and I just finished now. Oh, wow. So since it's quite slow, I just didn't really realize the full effects, but before I was having like a lot of anxiety, a lot of panic attacks, and I wasn't able to really do daily tasks 
I still struggle with daily tasks, but like I couldn't walk into my room. I for like I wasn't like doing regular people things like sh- like regular full like full showers were the worst fucking thing and I would have an absolute meltdown if I had to do it. Just things like that. Like they still suck to do those things, but I don't have like a full on panic attack and I'm like laying on the ground from it. So that's been like a crazy difference because I feel so much like I'm like I have so much time in the day to like get (laughs) things done if I'm not just like hung up on having to like do something later in the day or I'm like if I've you know usually takes me like 10-15 minutes to brush my teeth because I think about how annoying it is to do it and I just sit there and I'm like I don't want to do this and now I just do it and I'm like well I have like an extra 10 minutes to like eat my breakfast this is crazy (laughs) that's amazing yeah Hmm. it feels like a big big change and right now I'm trying to reflect if that showed up when you were living with us but I do remember us just making you do things that we want to do. <laughs> yeah, I remember when to. you forced me to shower before yes. I did anything. <laughs> I was like, but showering is so hard, Jessica. I don't want to do that. Get in. You're like, no, no get in the shower. I'm like, but I no. just am tired and I'm hungry and I don't want to do this thing that takes forever. And it's such a big deal and hard work to do. <laughs> I don't care. You were just touching diarrhea uh, from those dogs. You need to get in the shower. The one I will never forget is when you come home uh, and your arm, you know, looks a bit mauled and you're like, ha ha, no big deal. And I'm like, no, that, that's a bandage. I, I just need to hear more about this. And you were like, well, they told me to go to ER for, you know, this cat scratch. No big deal. I didn't. I kept working. But yeah, it's bandaged right now. And I'm like, has it been washed? Like, what? And you're like, well, I'm like, okay. So step I washed one, it. Step one is you going to take care of this right now get in the shower um and the fact that you unwound and unrolled your bandage and the sticky stuff and wound it up to reuse it was like this is like an all hands on deck situation (laughs) this is not how we're gonna go about you having skipped the er and like reusing a dirty bandage It was the outer bandage. I had like a thingy on it. Like I had like a nonstick, you know, like a, like a nonstick gauze square on it. And then I had a bandage just for compression. Um, and it wasn't a square. It was like a rectangle. Like it was, it wasn't just a square's worth of situation. Anyhow, we went to Safeway and (laughs) opened at 7am. So you got home at like 630. I was like. We just need some stuff. We we're not reusing things here. I know, and I was so mad because I was like, "No, we can we can do this after I wake up from you know, <laughs> just a little nap." <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Jessica, I've been awake for like fourteen hours. I need to go to sleep." And you're like, "No, no, no, we're going to Safeway." And I was like, "It's fine. I'm not even. It's not even that big of a scratch or whatever. I still have scars from that." <laughs> yeah, and like cat scratches at a vet. Uh, someone told you you need to go to the ER. I think Alicia was up by that point because I was saying one thing, you were saying another, and we're like, we need a tiebreaker here. (laughs) Uh, Alicia said go to the ER, and you were like, no. And I'm like, well, then, like, a compromise is we go to Safeway and get shit because we do not have things for this right now. (laughs) So, yes, sometimes three people's required for folks whose brains don't yeah yeah work the ways other people's do <laughs> we need a tiebreaker exactly we always um, need a tiebreaker you living here and the way that your room looked like made me feel so much better about myself right <laughs> yeah so right. i mentioned i think on the show that i have epilepsy and i was like all of 41 maybe or 42 40 uh when i recognized and realized that that is the form of neurodivergent who knew and i didn't realize the person who had coined the term neurodivergence had epilepsy and it was like everything like started to make sense i'm like 
object impermanence that is that's a real thing <laughs> like if i don't see it it doesn't exist there have been 1000 times in my life that i've put something away and been like it is lost i don't understand yes. where it went but it was put away yeah that's why my room looks like chaos because <laughs> i know where everything is if it's on the floor <laughs> yeah or anywhere yeah. any like anywhere i can actually see it we know where it is exactly mm -hmm. So I'm like, it's not really that dirty. I just like, I'm like, all these, all these clothes are clean. Right? It's just yeah, if it's I put them in the dirty. drawers, then I don't know where they are. <laughs> mm -hmm. I always say yeah. that if I were single, I would have an entire couch that just held my laundry. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously. And like next to the door, you have to have like your keys, your shoes and your backpack and all these things, because if they go in the closet next to the door, then they no longer exist. And you spend an extra 10 minutes trying to get out the door in the morning. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Alicia and I were having our just like regular check in this last weekend. And now I'm going to point her to this like exact moment here. She was like, if your place is the place you put it is in the closet, like, doesn't that work? And I was like, no. no. And I couldn't explain why. Like, <laughs> she's like, but, you know, it has its place. And I'm just like, no, like, I don't know. <laughs> it just won't work. I don't understand. I don't know how to explain it. Yes. Yeah. So our compromise in our house, because Maureen has the same issues and actually Rachel does too. What we've decided, we have a coat rack for our everyday coats, like only, only, you only get two, and then you put your backpack there, your keys go in this little key dish right next to the little coat rack, and then there's our tiny shoe rack for the shoe, like for the, like the two pairs of shoes you wear throughout the week. So everything is right next to the front door, but it looks like we meant for it to be organized, you know? Yeah. Because there's like a closet right next to where all this stuff <laughs> is. But the only neurotypical Bronwyn <laughs> puts her stuff in the closet. When I put my stuff in the closet, like I opened it up a couple days ago to just, I don't even know what I was looking for. Like Bronwyn actually asked me to like, I think look for some shoes or something. And I opened it and I was like, hey, I have a jacket in here. My mm -hmm. bike helmet. What the heck? I was like, oh, there's a soccer ball. I was looking for that. I was like, hmm, what other goodies do we have in here? I was like, this could have been in here for a year. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, the day before, I was just like, wow, there's a second set of earbuds. No, like in this fanny pack that I have not used in a month or more. I was just like, I don't need to find that one. That's why I have two of everything. It's going to be fine. But yeah, <laughs> it's like Christmas all year long. Honestly. And then I kind of like forget about it so that I don't even like gas my gaslight myself. Like I'll like lose something, like lose it because it's somewhere, obviously, it's somewhere. but I just don't know where. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I almost just forget that it was ever mine in the first place. And then I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, you know, living my life. And then someone will be like, hey, I found your, you know, whatever. And I'm like, huh, yeah, I haven't used those in a while. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> My life has improved just a little bit now that I have that, but I was yeah. killing it without it. We're good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good time upstairs in our brains. Every day is exciting. My latest thing is my stethoscope. My like nice stethoscope. Mm -hmm. Haven't seen it for a month and a half. I'm a little bit concerned at first. I was like, it's gotta be somewhere. It's going to be fine. And I was like, it'll be fine. It's like, you know, where could it be really that's that bad? And then I was like, hmm, it's not just like appearing anywhere. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit concerning. And then I like properly cleaned my room and I was like, I still don't have it. This is not good. This is not good. <laughs> I like it'll, did a little, it'll pop a little like look around the hospital, like from rotations. Mm -hmm. I didn't find it. I was like, this is, this is code red. I'm going to have to start sending some emails to like be like, hey, anyone seen a blue stethoscope that says Lexi on it? Because mm -hmm. that thing is expensive and I don't want to pay for another one. Yes. Um, but one day you'll be cleaning out the bathroom and you'll just notice that you set it down in the bathtub. <laughs> I, weirdly enough, I was like, I wonder if I like came in really tired and like went straight to take a shower. So I looked in the bathroom, <laughs> not there. 
Great job, though. <laughs> but it'll come up somewhere weird. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I'm very convinced. There's like a, you know, when it's lost forever, you just get a feeling. You're like, it's not yeah. going to come back. But yeah, it seems I have like a good really feeling well. about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing that uh, is a constant through your life is the all or nothing thinking about everything. Yeah. I don't even know if that's like a symptom of anything. I've just been finding a lot of people like on TikTok. TikTok is the new Bible, if you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been finding a lot of people that are like that. And I'm like, hmm, this must just be how it is then, because <laughs> I don't know anything else to other than being a hundred percent extra. But like it's not like a hundred percent or nothing. Like it's always a hundred percent of something. Like I'm always obsessing over something. It just depends on what that something is. You know what I mean? Oh, so this might be like path of special interest yeah i think so because it's like it's like when it was gymnastics it was gymnastics like everything like my eating my sleeping my you know everything everything Mm -hmm. was gymnastics Mm -hmm. like going to sleep visualizing my routines and then and it was like kind of it was like kind of education like education was still the you know the 80 percent, but it wasn't the obsession and then since we stopped gymnastics the obsession is veterinary medicine and like my education to a fault and then it kind of has like breakthroughs of when it gets like a little bit easier i'm like on an easier rotation i don't just like take the time to rejuvenate you know be yeah like you know rest and relaxation I have to channel that into other weird things. Like right now it's running and I do not know why. Cause I always associate running with like mentally ill people. Cause I'm like, usually I only run. I only run like, I think you should qualify (laughs) that one just a little bit. Like not actually ill, but just people that are not happy. I always think running is associated with people that are not happy because otherwise you don't like, I don't know. I'm like running is for like numbing your emotions, mm. you know, but then also having to like be with your thoughts while you're I like think dissociating. Part, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a weird thing because I can only run super fast and for long distances when I'm like really emotional. Like I'm mad about something. I'm sad about something. I have anxiety. Like I can run if something's wrong. Hmm. But if I'm so happy and chilling, I'm like, why would I run when I could do yoga or Pilates or something just kind of like, you know, a little bit less um, compounding my joints together on pavement. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm like, I get your Apple Watch notifications. And one the other day was like seven miles. And I was like, hold on. A second. No, the thing is, I haven't been wearing my Apple Watch anymore while I'm working out because mm. I am trying to not make myself obsessed with it. Nice. Like, obsessed with exercising and like yeah. getting too into it. So I'm like, I will run for however long I feel like running. And at that point, I stop. And I'm like, some days are intentionally light and intentionally heavier. But I'm never going to go out with the, like, I'm going to run five miles. I'm going to run whatever. Like, even time-wise, I try to not put, like, a a set thing on it because I start getting obsessive so easily. And it's, like, the whole opposite reason why I should be running, you know? <laughs> so we're going to try that. And we'll see how long it actually sticks for. Because you know that it's a very, like, waxing and waning thing, <laughs> me doing certain exercises. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say a 20% perhaps special interest uh, became travel and planning travel for you and having things revolve around school or travel. Like if I want to see you, it's like, well, I might be traveling. So (laughs) uh, you might fly across the world to see me, but also I might 
like be across like I don't know a hundred miles away by plane or whatever it is. You it's like mm, I don't know if you should make this trip because I might not be able to see you. So the thing is, I yeah I think you're right. I love. <laughs> I absolutely love traveling. I've slowed down a lot since I've like, we've been on rotations at school. So I literally don't have the time to be doing it. But I feel like that's my least problematic, um, Mm -hmm. like thing to hyperfixate on. I agree. I don't think it's negative. I love that you get to, or are making yourself go all these places. I think often, or I used to, Think about how much you missed in undergrad as far as adventuring and going places because of gymnastics. So when you started traveling, I was like so happy that you'd get to do the fun things. I feel like my like later 20s are like a, a revamp, like a redo <laughs> of my yeah. early 20s. I'm like, I didn't party at all. And I was like very intensely focused on, on gymnastics in school. And now I'm like, who is this girl who is like going to Spain on a Friday, coming back on a Sunday night and then going to school on Monday? Mm-hmm. Like, who is she going out on a Wednesday night, on a Wednesday night to a club? Who is she that is not? I was like, I like her, but like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm confused about no, it. I, but I'm not mad. It's only if I have like two times a year. That I'm coming over and you're like, I might be in Spain for the weekend. I'm like, really? Really? I have not said Spain. So what happened? <laughs> Let's clear this happened? up. What, ha- what happened was <laughs> you were like, I, I, like, I want to come on, I think you said like late or mid-February. And I was like, okay, cool. But I have my last rotation of the entire year, which is the the worst, I mean, not the worst, it's the best rotation. I'm so excited. It's soft tissue surgery. So it is the literal thing that I want to specialize in. So I'll be very like waking up five hours ahead of time studying. Also has my literal idol of a female surgeon Mm. who will be there and is also like working with me on research. So I'm like, I have to impress her. Um, And I'll be super burnt out because it'll be my last one of the year so i'm like you could come but i will be a shell (laughs) of a human i'll be so tired so burnt out and like only focusing on surgery yes and then you started traveling with your friends it's actually the end of february and it was for work so for those listening know that i don't just pop up (laughs) and be like you have to hang out with me (laughs) it's not like that at all Only sometimes. Did you just say sometimes? I'm just kidding. (laughs) You pop up. You do. You do be popping up places. You travel. Yes, but I was just not to Europe. Oh yeah, like I flew to New York. Oh, because I was already at Dartmouth. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. See, you do be. You're just popping around. Mm -hmm. I'll come see you in LA. Yeah. See, you've got (laughs) things. You're 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 a jet setter. Yeah, we saw yeah, each yeah. other in New York. We saw each other, we're gonna see each other in LA. We're gonna um, are you you just went to the South? Like you're you're around this country. <laughs> Something I learned about you when you were staying here is that your all or nothing thinking also applies to how you eat ultra processed foods, particularly of the sweet variety of them. Yeah. I just like can't stop and then ugh, it's just difficult because I'm like if I don't like, I can go so long without like eating any like sweets I guess because then I'm like if I don't go however long I almost forget about it for a little while mm-hmm. until I get like a massive craving and then I'm like okay like fine I'll have some sweets so then like I'll get like a you know like just a cup, like a few portions or whatever, not just like one single candy bar or something. And I'm like, okay, I'm only going to eat one. And then all of a sudden I eat all of them and I'm like, oh, I feel so sick. And then I was like, okay, well, if I'm feeling this sick, I can't obviously have regular food now because I don't feel good. Even though my brain is like, 
eating, you know, regular foods with a protein or something or something green, you know, anything with substance <laughs> might actually make your stomach feel better. But in my head, I'm like, I feel icky. I don't want it. So, <laughs> so an entire bag of baby tiny mini peanut butter cups later, um, <laughs> Jessica, you know, found that I, that's, that's kind of my, my process of like not eating any of the sweets and then eating all of the sweets and then regretting it right after. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of just how it's always been because wasn't allowed to eat a lot of sweets as a kid at all so like when I did I was like I have to binge eat them because other I don't know when the next time I'll ever have a sweet thing you know yeah so it really just crossed over a little bit harder than I thought that it would <laughs> once I allowed myself to have anything that tasted good mm -hmm. again after gymnastics so yeah um that's gonna be a lifelong struggle uh I try you know I try to do better on the part that's like the eating something, even though I don't want to afterward. Um, but I think the best thing is like when you've like finished your meal and Jessica just kind of like shows up as a little fairy with these dark chocolate peanut butter cups from Trader Joe's that I cannot resist and just puts them right in front of you. And at first I used to yell at her and be like, what the heck? I really don't even want these. Like, Stop babying me and then I'd be like okay fine I actually really want these so I'd eat them anyway and then I'd do that for myself so I was like okay fine like if she's gonna do it to me like I will buy these myself and take two of them after my dinner and eat them um so it was a lot better when I actually like, had someone around me to be like did you eat your like little dessert today like do you want something sweet and be like I actually really do versus like now yeah, there's no, there's no big kids in the room. There's no adults to say, hey, do you, you know, do you want this? Because then I, you know, there's no big kids here. So it's really just on me, which sometimes works and sometimes does not. <laughs> sometimes it's a girl dinner and you got to go with it. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't. Can you tell me a bit more about a girl dinner? Your face for those. Jessica. I, I'm sorry. Jessica, you don't know about girl dinner. Is it just girl like salad and dinner. wine? <gasps> she doesn't know about girl dinner. I don't know. Where have you been in this world? Literally all over, all over socials, we have been embracing the girl dinner. The girl dinner has no rhyme oh, or reason. Not. It's a, no. this is big. This is so big. So girl dinner has no rhyme or reason. It has no nutritional values. Oh. Um, it has all of the pleasure with no presentation, no, <laughs> no presentation, sometimes no plate, no silverware oh. could be anything. Yeah. It's so much fun. And I partake most of the week. Um, and like an example of a girl dinner would be like, you open up a jar of pickles, you're crunching on that pickle while you continue to stare into the fridge as the abyss sucks you in. And then you're like, oh my God, I have half a wedge of brie left. Of course I need to take out the brie. So then you go into the pantry and you're like, what kind of thing do I eat with the brie? And I'm like, hmm, I could have these crackers with the brie, but hear me out. What if I take this random garlic Parmesan twist, um, you know, and mix it with the brie and it might just be the newest, best thing ever. Mm-hmm. So you do that. But then I'm like, hmm, what, I feel like I need some kind of like, you know, something, something else that's green and maybe not like covered in vinegar. So then I'm just like, I am going to take this everything but the bagel seasoning and put it on this quarter eaten avocado that's in the fridge. Um, I sprinkle it directly into the avocado shell mm -hmm. and eat that. <laughs> Um, and you know, so on and so forth until you feel satisfied and you just, that is what it is. Minimal dishes, minimal downtime. Sometimes you don't even need to sit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, no, no extra things to do after you don't have to wash anything. Yeah. And delicious. I'm not mad at this. 
Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. My algorithm must just not be where the 20-year-olds are. I'll, I'll work on that. It's such a thing. I'm so surprised. It's like everyone from like their 20s and 30s being like, you know, it's the best thing about not having a partner. (laughs) (laughs) Or they're like, I'm married now, but in they like ask me like, what's for dinner? What do you what you know, what food are you feeling? I'm like, "Mm, count me out. It's gonna be a girl dinner. (laughs) I I don't care if you want to partake. It's gonna be a girl dinner. Like, yeah, you know what? That's what I want. Okay. I mean, it sounds like you eat food. So I'm just happy about that. Yeah. That's great. Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to be mad. Um, Let me see. I I caution everyone, though. Don't do girl (laughs) dinner in public. People judge you. Mm. I brought my girl dinner to work for lunch. (laughs) got a lot of judgment (laughs) i'm sorry i was like this is the only thing that's in my fridge i don't know what to tell you (laughs) oh and since i had you uh say something already about ultra processed foods speaking of what i thought was in your perhaps in your girl dinner um made me think of your garden burgers and all of your vegetarian stuff that you know like is very processed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just is. There's nothing wrong with processed. I don't think. I mean, I like my veggie burgers. They give me the correct amount of proteins and stuff that I need without having animal products that I think are icky. So, like, and I can put it in the air fryer for seven minutes. <laughs> what could be better? Agreed. Like, you're telling me that I can't, like, mm, no. It's like I can just literally take it out of the freezer, put it into the air fryer, mm-hmm. and I have more protein than my brie and pickles. <laughs> <laughs> so bring on the processed food. Mm-hmm. Tofu is also processed. I agree. Yeah. And like there's everything. Additives, yeah. quote, in it too. There's mm-hmm. so many things that are processed I just don't understand. Like what's right. the what's the oh, issue milk. with processed foods? Almond milk. Oh, milk is so processed. Yeah, it was a like grain, like <laughs> with a hard gel, and now I am drinking it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I don't know. I'm like, if you can't get away from it, and you can't say what's good or bad, because I'm like, almond milk is processed, soy milk is processed. Regular milk out of a cow, processed. Do you know why it's processed out of the cow? So that you don't get tuberculosis. So that you don't get, like, so that you don't die of pathogens. It has to be processed. Okay. Don't start drinking raw milk out of the cow. We don't want that. Mm. After I was talking to a friend of mine with a baby about how uh, infant formula is ultra-processed, he was telling me, that, yeah, one of his other gay dad friends was making or just giving their child goat milk, but had to, yeah, your face is appropriate, but had to add something to it after boiling it or else like the kid would die from said goat milk. <laughs> it's just like, what, what are we, what are we doing? What's happening here? Um, Babies really freak me out. So <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> babies really freak me out but I don't know why this came to mind and I have to say it did you know you can't just like give babies water they'll swell and die how uh, weird is that baby like actual baby babies like infant? yeah like a baby like I think it's like under six months old or something if you just like give them water like their electrolytes don't know what to do and they literally just swell and die I didn't know this. Like, this seems like such a flawed system. <laughs> um, I, I will fact check that for the end of this uh, interview. Make sure that's Because then, okay, it still might not be right. I think that we were like, I was with like my soccer team and someone said that and I was like, 
ew, this is why we not having babies. I'm like, that's, that's too much. <laughs> I was like, what if I forget that? And I'm like feeding someone's baby and they just start swelling. I was like, this is not okay. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a valid concern. If you heard this fact. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> anyway, yeah, fact check me on that one. But um, I was really concerned when I heard that. For sure. <laughs> well on that note i will say thank you so much for coming on and i will have you back i will both interview alicia spouse now we'll have a conversation <laughs> um you'll be at my last book signing that i'm hoping to record for a podcast episode as well woohoo I know. And then maybe you and I will get to do some joint interviews of other people down the line. Yes, please. Yeah. Let's, let's like do it. Like Biles, for sure. <laughs> can you imagine? I oh can't my God, my imagine. <laughs> I would literally be silent. I'd be like, <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what to say to the greatest person of all time. Like, what do I even... Oh, what my God. Okay, I feel like... Like, you can talk about whatever you want. I will just smile and nod. Like, it is an honor. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, we're going to put that out there into the universe. And we'll do some trial interviews beforehand together. To, like, work up to Simone Biles' status. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate and love you. Uh, Love you too. That's Lexi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Next week, the conversation takes a deeper dive into ultra-processed foods. I recently interviewed a researcher who had initial concerns about my Washington Post article. He took the time to email me and say, quote, I strongly suggest that you examine the entire literature before you make such claims in a non-peer-reviewed publication, end quote. That whole conversation was taped, and I share it with you all next week. You've been listening to Making It Awkward. I'm your host, Jessica Wilson. Until next time, y'all, make it awkward. This episode was sponsored by SAC Outboard Services and edited and mixed by the lovely Jen Jacobs.